From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. The year halfway gone, the city's on track for its lowest murder tally since the 1950s. Unbelievable. What is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it. Now, why would you do that? <laughs> why would he do that? Oh, really? Are you, that's not true. Okay. Alex Morgan mocking England with a sip of World Cup tea. Well, fuck you. I don't know. I'm not pro-England or anything, but I just cannot get on board with these. I don't know. She's like the Kaepernick of soccer or something. Uh, with the year halfway gone, cities on track for its lowest murder tally since the 1950s. Shootings up 7% as of June 30th. We have 135 bodies compared with 156 this time last year. The record low number of murders, anyone want to guess? 1950. There were 243. Uh, something tells me that's probably the first year they started counting. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> right. Population was lower than so that's it. Yeah, plus on our yeah, side. Of course, yeah, there was only like seven hundred people. Yeah, in the whole city. Uh, Ralph, and your last name is Mangual. Mangual. Okay, welcome. Uh, you're a baseball player. I am. And uh, what did you play position wise defense? Short stop. Oh, wow, that's tough. It was. And yeah. you uh, I never got enough credit either. It was yeah. From who? From everyone. <laughs> I know yeah. the feeling. Yeah. No, I just never felt truly appreciated. It was, I know uh, that exact feeling. Yeah, as a short stop as a person yeah as a hitter how did you hit i hit like shit when i was young mm. uh, i wish I, I grew into my my man strength uh about 10 years ago when i was still on a on a field i can i can hit the ball pretty well now i still play in a sunday league still waiting for my man strength to come along yeah yeah but no i, I was a pretty skinny kid uh in college i think i entered college at like a buck 30 oh wow yeah it's retarded. But yeah. now you're like a buck forty. No, I'm buck seventy. Uh, well, the the uh, next closest year uh, in killings. You want to take a guess, or did you did you Last year, see this story? No, I didn't. Last year was pretty low, right? We were at, what, 2018 was pretty slow. It wasn't. It, it was low, but it wasn't the uh, lowest since since 1950. It was 2017. Ah, two ninety two. That's what it says. Uh, citywide, the uh, NYPD responded to 361 shootings this year. With 411 victims, or excuse me, 414 victims, up from 337. I, these are statistically insignificant yeah. numbers here, so the shootings are about the same. Does it seem to you like crime is getting better or worse? Well, major crime, I think the stats say, is is getting slightly better. Stats, um, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. But uh, but that's not necessarily the crime that people care about. Right on a daily basis, it's it's the stuff that you confront every day that really like grand larceny. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah, you know, it's more. One's going to steal my iPad every day. That's right, exactly. Well, that's the thing, right? You're if you are a victim of a serious crime in New York, that's going to happen once, twice in your whole life. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that would have been the case even in 1990, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that crime is low. Um, and and there's actually a ton. I'm going to nerd out on you really quick. There's a ton of research on this, right? Like there can be huge fluctuations in murders. Um, but that doesn't really affect public attitudes and especially fear of crime as much as like small amounts or large amounts of small versions of disorder. So people are more likely to respond emotionally and psychologically to things like drug addicts laid out on the street or a homeless guy taking a dump on the sidewalk or public urination turnstile. That's the stuff that actually makes people feel that crime is going up. And I think if you 
probably polled people across New York City, they would think it's getting a little worse than better. Yeah, and, and is it just? And I, I hate to like you know go racial on it so quickly, but is that is it that it makes white people feel fidgety, or does no. it make everyone? It makes everyone feel. In fact, like you know, uh, one of my colleagues, Heather McDonald, kind of. She's done the show before. She's one of the reasons I work at MI. So I I read her first when I was about 19 years old. And I remember her saying something along the lines of like, you know, when she would go to precinct community meetings, most of the people in those meetings were were people of color. And they were the ones just outraged that there weren't more cops in the neighborhood and they were demanding. And, you know, I I live in a black neighborhood now. I live in East Harlem. And, you know, the people that I talk to, my neighbors and stuff, I mean, they're they're outraged. They're just as outraged as, as any white person would be. Really? Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I mean, it makes us feel like we have something in common. Whenever I hear about that, I go like, "That's appropriate. You want more cops where like, there's more crime." Exactly. And yet they make it sound as if no, we're tired of being hassled. Uh, I can never quite get a handle. I guess I'm listening to the wrong people. You can't listen to the Daily News. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Absolutely not. Well, this year's drop in killings appears to be uh, driven by uh, significant decreases in the Bronx. And the southern part of Brooklyn, violent Brooklyn, even as a murder spiked in Manhattan and Staten Island. Some interesting murders in Staten Island. You'll see the guy killed his uh, wife, his long uh, wife of years, uh, and I believe both him and his girlfriend charged. Uh-huh. She knew about the girlfriend. The wife did. Did she? She was happy about the girlfriend because she thought it would make uh, the husband stop following her around. Ah, well, wrong she was. Apparently. Wrong she was, yeah. yeah. I mean, apparently, you're going to kill the, the, the person you follow eventually. Bronx has seen a 35% drop in slayings year to date from 54 to 35. See, again, the percentages are not really. 35%. Right, okay. it sounds big, but when the numbers are so small, yeah. Bodies are so, the, the numbers are so small now, which is good, I sure. guess, uh, considering. Well, the opposite problem, that's for well, sure. Well, like, yeah, yeah, 1990, how many uh, bodies was it? It was like a... Uh, 2,200 and change. Right. Yeah. A lot. A lot. And, uh... Almost 2,000 more than we have today. And still, people didn't feel less safe, you think? If, yeah, I mean... Like the squeegee guys were around. Right, that. Exa- that was the stuff that, pe- you know, that really drove people crazy. Because that's what you see on an everyday basis. That's what you're confronted to on an everyday basis, right? So yes. the psychology of that mm-hmm. is that you see that stuff. You look around and no one's enforcing these social norms. Nobody. What you say to yourself is, well, in this space, anything can happen. I.e., anything can happen to me. Therefore, I am not safe. Therefore, I should avoid the space as often as possible. It puts you on alert. Yes. See something like that. Even if it's just a junkie. You right. know that a junkie, intellectually you know, right. is just going to like, you know, right. going to move. What, what's, what, would they, what would they do? But They never seem to fall over. Keep your eye on them. No, they never do. Yeah, it's almost fascinating. It's, it's like you kind of just... If they did, I bet people would have an easier time, you know... I feel like if one actually fell, like the the universe would smash. I mean, it would just be like, <laughs> like I've never seen one fall. The globe yeah. in half. I've seen them. Now, when I see somebody like sound asleep, drunk, right? That's as disorienting, and and that, that bugs me as much as as seeing the junkie. Oh, sure. Actually, there was a drunk guy on my block just just last night. Actually, uh, my wife and I walked past, and there was a, an empty bottle of like two dollar pint vodka, Ooh. and he just started urinating on himself in. A deep sleep. Yeah. It just, you happened to catch that magic moment. I, yeah. No. I, well, I saw the stream and I looked up and I thought it was like an AC leaking and I just wanted to avoid it. And then I looked down and I was like, oh, it's it's this guy. Oh, wait. He himself. That's great. I think it was, wait a second. He had it out? Well, he had a big hole in the front of his pants. Oh, I and see. so it was not only just wetting his leg, but leaking onto the sidewalk and forming a little river of urine down oh. our street. It was great. Yeah. 
You know, we get that in Chelsea all the time. And I remember I, I lived in Chelsea the first five years that I was here. You'd never see any shit like that. Yeah. My friend Seth saw a dice game on, like, I don't know, 18th and 8th. It's kind of out of place, right? It seems out of place. Dice yeah. yeah, I thought so. A man was busted in Washington State nearly a month after a Marathon Queens rape and punch sesh. Cops busted a 53-year-old rape suspect 2,800 miles away in the Apple State. From the Big Apple to the Apple State of Washington. Accused rapist. a flight risk. Right? Yes. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. I bail. Maybe no bail for this guy. I don't know, though. I, you know what? The, I bet you they'll... The, it's, this was in Queens, right? Well, they're waiting to extradite him. So when... Yeah. Uh, well, if they wait, they better do it quick. Because if Tiffany Caban gets in, he may get bail. Accused rapist Michael Hosang allegedly spent six hours raping and punching his victim, a 29-year-old woman, back in May in a rape that ran from around 6 a.m. to noon. It's like a Warhol movie. I'm paying you for this pussy. It's home near uh, 224th Street and 130th Avenue. It's Laurelton. Do you know where that is immediately? I do, actually. Um, I had a friend in college who was from Laurelton. It's actually not a terrible area. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. It's like right near Jamaica States, which is pretty half It's the kind of place where you can really stretch out a rape. I would, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a nice long time. Yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds just fucking terrible. Sounds like your hand would get sore. Hussein <laughs> punched his victim repeatedly, breaking at least one facial bone. But his plucky victim jumped from a second floor window, escaped, prompting Hosang to flee in a red Chevrolet pickup truck, which he drove all the way to, I guess, Washington, Washington State, 2,800 miles away. He awaits extradition now in Bellingham, Washington, according to the Bellingham Herald. Other victims have since revealed that they, too, suffered similar attacks at the hands of Hosang. Similar? How long? Hours of this shit. You know, this is, he's 53, right? Yeah. 53. So this is one of those stories that I, you know, <laughs> I mean, that makes me think about one of these memes on the sort of decarceration left. You know, one of the things that they argue is that, well, people who are older, uh-huh. like their their propensity for violent crime goes through the floor. Not a the threat. floor. Yes. Right? Um, but it turns out when you look at the data, it's actually, it's lower than people who are, say, 30. Yeah. But it's not negligible. <laughs> it's not non-existent. It's not none. Um, and the amount that it is, I mean, I, I brought some stats over with me just, you know, so I can Please. inject a little yeah. heft into some my... gravitas. <laughs> I would love that. Right, so the Bureau of Justice Statistics has done two studies of recidivism. One, of federal prisoners who tend to be relatively less violent because there are a good amount of federal prisoners who are there for, like, white-collar crimes and, like, you know, insider trading and stuff. And those guys tend not to be, I'm going to suddenly start cutting people. Exactly, yeah. Um, But also of, of state prisoners, right? So the study of federal prisoners released in 2005, they followed these guys for five years. 23.5% of the prisoners over 50 were arrested for a new crime within that five-year period at least once. One in four. That's not... That's not that's a, a small amount, right? No, that's a lot. The state study found that 76.5% of prisoners over 40, it didn't break it down to 50, but 76%, 76.5% of the prisoners over 40 were arrested at least once for a new crime in a nine-year period. <laughs> so that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot. 50, but there's still a lot. There's yeah. 60s and, 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 and higher, well, and even the, higher maybe. You know, you've got so-called serious scholars who are out there arguing that you can just automatically cut a big chunk of the prison population by releasing everyone over 40. 
Everyone over 50. Everyone over 55. Well, the, when you say serious scholars, these are communists. These They're are, trying to tip a, the country over. There's a group out of NYU Law School called the Brennan Center for Justice, and they, they issued a report a few years ago claiming that we could cut today our prison population by 40% without any increase in, in crime whatsoever. Sure. And, and one of the rationales they gave was that, well, there's this many people in prison who are over 50, and they're, you know, they're clearly not dangerous. Clearly not dangerous. 75% of them aren't even going to do anything. Yeah. Well, this guy's pretty dangerous. He's 53. And uh, you t- tell Hosang how, how non-dangerous uh, he is. Yeah. Six-hour rape. This seems like the guy who took the Cialis and had the four-day erection, right? <laughs> <laughs> the four, whatever it is. The... <laughs> He faces charges that include first-degree rape, first-degree criminal sexual acts, first-degree aggravated sex ab- sexual abuse, and criminal obstruction of breathing. There's one of those things this, uh, that's, that I definitely understand being different. How are, okay, first-degree rape, first-degree criminal sexual acts, and first-degree aggravated sexual abuse, are these just all like... Uh, a gradated kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's some overlap, but um, they're, they're separate statutes. We would call this stacking in the, in the parlance. To allow him but, to uh, plead guilty to maybe the, the yeah, um, one and my guess like, is the evidence is going to be pretty strong against him. So I don't see this going to trial. But you never know. You never know. I mean, like, yeah, he certainly seemed to want to get away. Now there's a self-starter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either way, this is, this is not a guy who should ever be back out on the street, irrespective of whether he becomes old and decrepit and clearly not a danger. I mean, you know, the, people forget that there's a, there are four sort of justifications for putting someone in prison. Uh-huh. Right? One, four. Yeah. one is incapacitation, right? You want to stop them from being able to hurt people in their community, so you take them out of the community. Sure. Right? The other one is... Um, Rehabilitation. We're not so good at that when you consider the fact that 83% of release state prisoners are going to get rearrested at least once for a new crime. Sure. Um, that's a pretty big number. Less than 20% of people are, are, you know. Rehabilitation can be tough. Yes. I, you know, there's a. Uh, people hate it too. People on the outside hate it. <laughs> they, I don't want to know about them, but their yeah. college classes and shit. Yeah. That makes me think, like, wow, I guess we do need to go, like, college free for everybody if we yeah. give it to fucking prisoners. But anyway, please go ahead. And there's deterrence, right? You want to set an example so that other people. People, you know, see that as a cautionary tale and don't commit crime. But then there's also retribution, right? The public has an interest in punishing things that they condemn as evil. But that's not supposed to be, right? It has been for centuries. Retribution has always been a legitimate penological end. All of a sudden, though, people forget that that's like a thing. And Retri- um, Retribution. Retribution. Seeing somebody in the stocks and going like, fuck you. Yeah. Right? And, and spitting on them. Uh you think like some of those simpler kind of punishments would be effective, but like it's, everything's cruel now. Yeah. And like like it seems to me it's if, if you were having well, trouble it's almost figuring going full circle to cruelty, which is which is kind of interesting. Full right? circle. What do you mean? Right. So you know it used to be hanging, and then the electric chair, and then those things were like too cruel. So they came up with lethal, lethal injections. But now the liberals have been sort of lobbying these companies that make the chemicals for the lethal injections right. and convince them not to sell it to states and the federal government for these purposes anymore. So you got these jurisdictions that are running out. And so the question is, it's like, well, we don't have the means to kill you now by the, you know, humane method. So you can just, I think you soon, you're going to start seeing a reversion of like firing, firing squads. squads. That's yeah. how I would go if I, I know. would rather, I, I want to see what it's like to be shot. <laughs> 
I would rather have that than this dramatic yes. thing on a fucking thing. Yeah. Shot. I honestly would. I, I, and I no, think so would I. It's 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 also it's 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 got a pleasant theatrical quality to it. You know, sure. the other one. You can't have your last cigarette, you know, while you're laying there with all those chemicals. And and I again, you know, it's like when they were developing the electric chair and they had to shock a guy for four days in a row or some yeah. shit, you know, like they didn't have enough current. Sure. I don't want anything to go wrong. Yeah, no, that. Well, it's are old fashioned, and you can you can. They're never going to stop people from selling hammers. That's right. So why not just hammer to the <laughs> claw hammer? Anything. Why not just like put somebody under like an anesthetic, like a, a general. Uh, anesthesia and then remove their organs. That sounds complicated. Just harvest their fucking organs. Yeah. Have them Who wants to something. have that in them, though, you know? Have what? The organs. Uh, oh, of a... De- of a- yeah. <laughs> I have the spirit of a murderer into my heart. And, you know, if it was either that or dying, I think I'd take sure, it. Yeah. Sure, you know what I mean? Like, it's, how desperate are these people who need a liver? <laughs> Maybe give them... The- this is your second liver. <laughs> <laughs> A retired uh, NYPD detective, it's a different breed, who headed a multi-million dollar prostitution and gambling ring with a cohort of other cops, including seven active duty officers, sentenced yesterday to four to 12 years in prison. This is 52-year-old Ludwig Paz. He took a plea deal in which he copped two counts of attempted enterprise corruption, never heard of it, and one count of promoting prostitution in the third degree, also agreed to forfeit $20,840 in profits. Seems a like multi-million a multi-million dollar ring. A multi-million dollar ring. He kept a lot of that money. Well, maybe he spent it all. Well, what, maybe he spent it all on his whores. <laughs> I mean, how many whores? This is like a three-county operation. Sure. Uh, and he had originally faced up to 25 years of the top charge. So this is, they, they talked it down uh, to save his family, which is also, <laughs> he took responsibility, got more time than we originally had worked out. It's Kelly, his lawyer, says he did it for his family, did the right thing by his family. Well, I failed to mention his wife and two daughters also indicted in the case. This is a big family prostitution and so, gambling ring operation. I've never my grandfather heard. grandfather owned a tailor shop. That was uh, a... <laughs> But uh, we were in the restaurant no, business. No prostitution ring. You, know, you just yeah. there was not any sex to be sold there. How is this? How is this? How does this occur? Now the girls were not prostitutes, right? They were running the business. I don't think so. I mean, that's that's a weird. I mean, I think you failed as a <laughs> as a. <laughs> Arguably, even. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they they were pleading guilty to some pretty serious shit. Themselves yeah, this year. No, it's kind of wild. I mean, look, some guys are just born perps, and sometimes those guys become cops. Um, what's really interesting, though, is that the the charges stemming from Queens, at least, it would have been. Uh, I, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall of like Tiffany Caban's office if this, if this fell under her sort of jurisdiction. I was saying, I mean, you've you been know, talking about Tiffany Caban a little bit, yeah. And so she just to make cops. sure people who you know to who know who she is, right. she is uh, running for. Uh, DA in Queens. Right. She right now has, I think, the Democratic nomination. Democratic nomination. Which means she's basically going to walk into the job. Unless, is Melinda Katz going to run as a Republican? I don't know. This is the rumor I've heard. Um, I mean, she it, does. Yeah, it's just not all that We're much not going <laughs> to. Yeah, it's but, not um, that much better, but still, this bitch is nuts. Yeah, she's kind of crazy. Please explain what she wants to do. Well, she, among many other bad ideas, she wants to uh, completely legalize all aspects of the prostitution uh, trade. People jump on board with that too easily. It's not yeah. a good idea. Um, you know, 
it's one thing if you're talking about you know a perfectly willing sort of God, it's, yeah, it's it's really high. it's it's all going to be fucking Julia Roberts yeah it's I think people kind of overly glorify it and, and don't really understand how much coercion is really kind of involved in that but um, yeah so on the one hand she wants to legalize prostitution right so this guy technically is is not really a perp in her eyes but he's also a cop which she's you know, people is a group of people she doesn't seem to like very much. So I, I feel like she'd be torn. That would be to tough what to do. A tough decision there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the guy's retired, which I guess. So he's not fired. He's retired. Right. I wonder if but, he'll keep his pension. He's probably gonna lose it. I guess if he's retired. Yeah. Uh, he was doing this while he was on the job. Right? While he was on the yeah. job, he was he was running brothels in Queens, Brooklyn, and Nassau counties, <laughs> and he actually. Uh, Pretty smart. I mean, like he he figured out a way to to run these things without getting caught. He had uh, one detective, Rene uh, Semina Semaniego Semaniego. Uh, he was paying as much as five hundred dollars a week to serve as his primary informant. Keep him off about impending raids, and she would also he or she I don't know would describe the undercover officers' detailed descriptions of like you know this person's coming. Also, you know crazy how little money some of these people will risk their life. Yeah, five hundred dollars yeah, a week. Everything. It well, just, probably didn't seem like a big deal at first, just to say like I heard a thing, and then they they cool it for a little while. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But then ongoing, and it adds up too. I mean, like how much per week? If it's every week, could you really demand? I guess you could demand pretty much whatever you want after sure, a while. Yeah. Well, in order to try uh, to avoid getting caught, the mastermind set up new protocols. For new brothel customers to weed out the undercovers, knowing full well, yeah. see, cops are barred. This is I didn't know this from exposing themselves in front of prostitutes. Apparently, yeah. So you just get your your new uh, customers like take your dick out. Yep. Okay. But then, so like, I just stop myself. And I guess if you're a cop, you're like, "What are you? I'm shy." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a cop. I'll see you later. Uh, under the updated rules, new clients were required to undress, allow themselves to be fondled before getting past security. they say how they broke this case? Uh, How'd they figure this guy out? Uh, well, they had a three-year kind of sting operation going on, watching him and stuff. I'm sure they knew it the whole time. Yeah. I wonder sure if they, they knew got, it and they were just like, we got to catch him. Wouldn't it be interesting if he ever got called to, like, his own one call to his own brothel and, like, had to respond in uniform? He's like, there's nothing going on here. It's all cool. Busted Friday. Busted brothels charged. Okay, well, this is the interesting nuts and bolts of the whole thing. $40 for 15 minutes of sex. Just generic sex. 40 minutes for $40 for 15 minutes. That's not bad. Of sex, if you're lonely. Sure. How much more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> My guess is some of these guys probably were leaving some money on the table. I would be getting changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up to 160 for a full hour. I mean, come on. Nobody. Who does an hour? Did you hear me, Garrett? An hour? Am I bothering you? <laughs> <laughs> this guy... It's a detective, right? Can you, you can't hear me, or you can? I can now. I wasn't. Done. Oh, of course you weren't listening. Okay. I wouldn't expect you All to right. be. But uh, this guy—he's a—he's a retired, you know, fucking vice cop now. But while he was a vice cop, he was running these brothels. Okay, but the brothels charge forty dollars for fifteen minutes of sex, up to one hundred and sixty for a full hour. I'm like, who the fuck needs more than ten minutes? How much would you buy? $160. I, I mean, maybe if you're going in with a, a bunch of guys. My first time, a half hour, just because you don't know how nervous you'd be. But then after that, 
five, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, right. Just you have your favorite. Yeah, you there. are on the clock, so that's going to be some right. pressure. So I guess it is pressure on the yeah, clock yeah. pressure. Yeah. They put a, a TikTok. Like it's like a game <laughs> show. But they're professionals too, so they're going to know how to help you out that's the best the way possible. Is it really in their interest though to help you? I mean, it's, they can get the oh, money. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, honey, it's okay. Yeah. You need a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> but you always got to pay up front, right? You never do the deed and then pay for later. Yeah, but if you pay up front for fifteen minutes and then they're like, "You need another fifteen minutes," then you like you then you put your pants on, go back outside, to <laughs> 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 give them more twenty more dollars, get back in line. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, thanks, Garrett. I appreciate it. I just wanted to check in on that. I don't know why I thought he might have ideas about the price of sex. Two million dollars he raked in between August two thousand sixteen and September two thousand seventeen. Thirteen months. $2 million. Why do you only have to pay back 20 grand? The wife has already done her time in jail. She was in court with the couple's 12-year-old son and sobbed during the proceeding. I'm just devastated, she said as she left court. I'm, I'm sorry. What do you? If you operate brothels yeah. in three counties with your husband and daughters, you forfeit your right to be devastated I on the way out. that's of right. Also, why bring the kid? <laughs> Learning the family business? Jesus. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Now, See, this is the shit that you gotta put up with. Ugh. That's I mean, true. that kid's scarred for life. I think he's the only kid who wasn't involved in the well, He's 12, I would hope not. <laughs> you know, he can Jesus. shine shoes or something, be part of it. Uh, Pa's been locked up since his arrest. He, his crew ran illegal lotteries at delis and beauty salons in Queens and Brooklyn, too. This guy was a very... Yeah, no, he was a diversified portfolio ambitious. monster. Yeah, I mean, Dude, a, yeah, I mean, this is... That's a lot to manage. Yeah. How I... I you know, even legally making a good living, I've never, I've, I've never really cracked that nut. But this guy, like, avoiding the cops and everything, it's, you know, hats off in a way. It's a lot of ex-cops love to become like they they run hookers. They like it. They like yeah, working with prostitutes. No, there's got to be something to that, right? I mean. Yeah, you, know, you see cops go dirty. Maybe it's just frustration. Like they watch these criminals get away with shit all the time. It's like you lock somebody up with a gun, they're back out in the street two weeks, and you say, "What am I doing this for?" Right, exactly. But uh, that happens, I'm sure, a lot. Yeah, but, but uh, I mean, really, it's just—I honestly think it just comes down to the fact that some guys are just born natural perps. The action of being uh, of police work and stuff and yeah. criminal work is like uh, criminal work <laughs> is like pretty similar. Right. So the action is, I mean, the action is the action. So like, if you're attracted to it one way or the other, that's I guess it's like uh, the sliding scale. Yeah, I guess I do call it the thin blue line, right? So it's, it's like <laughs> you fall on either side. <laughs> I guards at, at uh, jails and shit like that. They kind of live, live in the same neighborhoods oh, yeah. as these people that are in jail a lot of times. So they're kind of like. Yeah, they have to maintain a friendly deal. So I get, but with cops, yeah, there was a there was a corrections officer who was shot in his neighborhood recently in Brooklyn, right? Like because of this happened. I think I read this some, all the fucking time. Yeah, it's. Um, I'd be was it a lover's spat? A lot of times it is, and the lover yeah, is also a right. fucking guard. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what there's a better word for that? What is it? What's CO? For, than, than prison guard or jail guard. It's a... Uh, CO. Something officer. Corrections, corrections officer. officer. Yeah, yeah, corrections yeah. officer, yeah. CO's. All right. A bitter surprise in store for this butter-fingered crook. Ooh, this sounds silly. Security uh, footage obtained by the Post shows a man stumbling. Did you watch this video? I didn't watch it. I did. <laughs> stumbling into a Coney Island uh, Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins dropping a gun right in front of a tree. Okay, well, we'll here's the video. 
but not really. I mean, oh, all right. <laughs> you tricked me. I was like, wait, where is he? I'll, I'll edit it in. But I would like to watch it. I think I've got the link right here. Let's see what happens. It's pretty silly. It's only a few. Uh, it's not too long. Oh. Maybe there's no ad. Oh, okay, great. So here we see the guy come in. He dropped a gun. <laughs> he tried to walk away from it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, you know there's going to be some cops hanging out at the donut place. Yeah, and the, the third guy, I feel like he was a little late to the party. Maybe just had to take a bite real quick. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> he was actually... Uh, Jesus. Yeah, in mid-bite. That, my, uh, that, my dad was a cop for 20 years. No kidding. 20 plus years. New York yeah, City? Yeah, in New York City. He was a detective in, uh, wow. in Brooklyn. And he used to say all the time, thank God they're not masterminds. And uh, <sighs> yeah. this video perfectly encapsulate that. So they, they, yeah. they are they are dum-dums uh, yes. quite often. But I'm trying to see where this even falls from. I mean, like it's like it's almost like it just, it's just slide out of his pant leg. I swear, it's so... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All over there. Wherever. Send the families back. Yeah. Reunite them with their country. Jesus, what a dope. Yeah. That's a huge charge, too, right? I mean, like, uh, guns charge. You would think so, charge. but these guys, man, they get back out pretty quickly. Um, I mean, this dude, he's got a priors for robbery and, and marijuana. Oh, so much for the so-called nonviolent drug offender, by the way. Does the, uh, yeah, exactly, with the marijuana. Does the, uh, does the justice system handle white people differently? You know, I don't know. There's There's been some studies on differentials and, like, sentencing and, you know, arrest rates and use of force rates, right? Um, God knows as a white person, I, <laughs> I'm reluctant to bring it up. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, there, there have been different studies with mixed findings. Some studies have found no difference in sentencing disparities. Some have found differences in sentencing disparities, but they can't, you know, prove that it's due to bias. Um, others have found some disparities in certain kinds of use of force, um, but not lethal use of force. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of a mixed bag. Interestingly, though, the statistics for incarceration this past year, even though uh, the number of crimes that whites committed went down from 2016 to 17, the incarceration uh, numbers went up for that group, um, but for blacks it went down despite not crime going up, but crime being significantly higher than oh, white than the numbers. Whites. Yeah, but the, but it was still more blacks going to jail. Yes. Oh yeah, but just, yeah, uh, but percentage yeah. wise less. Right. Right. Huh. I so it was so interesting. It is interesting. What does that tell you? I'm not sure it tells you. I mean, you know, you got to do a whole complicated regression analysis and all this other nonsense. Right. But just shooting um, from the hip, I'm going to say. <laughs> you see a few cities uh, in flames with cars turned yeah. over and shit, and you go, you know what, guys? It's cool. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, I'll tell you what. We're going to be cool with you. You be cool with us. And uh, you try to appease people. You yeah. Know? I mean, that, that would be my guess. But, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Like, like. I know a guy named Dan Jenis who uh, was a heroin addict a long, long time ago. And he uh, was doing some armed robberies to try to get money. Had him on the show just yesterday. He uh, went to jail for over 10 years for armed robberies or whatever. First offense, <laughs> I guess. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but it's, he, he, he described himself as the great white defendant. Uh, so he certainly Tom thinks... Tom Wolfe novel. Is yeah. <laughs> He is a very literary kind yeah. of guy, too. Uh, well, we have more stories, and uh, we'll get to them in just one moment. Let's see here. The mayor. 
but yeah, much better than De Blasio. Blasio's a huge fucking copy. De Blasio's a fuck up from top to bottom. I mean, yeah. Now, there's been a lot of cops killing themselves lately. I'm sure that as the son of a cop, you noticed that. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not really, um, I'm not really sure what you can attribute it to. Um, you know, it's a stressful job. You see a lot of, a lot of really just terrible, terrible stuff. As always. Um, yeah, it's, um, Joe Calabrese was actually a close friend of my dad. Um, they were both in the six seven squad together. And just and, uh, uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one hit pretty close to home. My dad was, you know, super upset about it. They, you know, were in the Brooklyn same detective, right? Brooklyn detective. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he he went to homicides in Brooklyn South, but he was at the six seven for many years. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of came as a surprise. No one ever heard anything. It's uh, you never know what's going through someone's head. I mean. You know, seeing murders of kids and all this other stuff, and it's got to take a toll on you psychologically. I know, you know, my dad had some pretty rough days when he was on the job, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that, you know, affected him. But, um, yeah, it's 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 really, um, it's hard to, to pin it down, but it does seem like there's been a, a bit of a spike a run, recently. Uh, yeah, like in the last uh, three weeks for a month or so. Now, I mean, I could like, we could pull these numbers out, and of course, I'm, I'm looking here, it happens to be a story about cops, uh, and mental health care. Get the care you need if you're out there yeah. doing the job. Uh, you you uh, take care of you, you know, because if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of us. A, a Shaolin man busted Tuesday for uh, preying on cash-strapped cabbies by posing as a city marshal to repossess their vehicles. Wow, this is a complicated crime. Debt collector Anthony Medina, 50, charged with four counts of criminally impersonating a marshal because he was uh, he allegedly claimed to be working for the city as he seized medallions and taxis from owners behind on their payments. Okay, so they're taking advantage of people who are from Bangladesh on behalf of his uh, moneylender clients. Yeah, and, and really a lot of them are kind of like in arrears, I'm sure. It's very, very hard to make a living driving a yellow cab now. Especially now, yeah, Uber is kind of killing that industry slowly. Speaking of suicides, too. <laughs> These cab drivers. Man, New York City, I feel, we've just, I, I'm recognizing it now with the uh, potential election of I got a problem with that no ignorance law. Uh, Tiffany Caban. I'm stupid. I think we. I think we are really. It's. I, I think we. We've begun this era of decay. It's uh, and, and danger and uh, uncertainty in New York City, yeah. uh, where the filth is. It's finally kind of like you know up to our necks. It, it's going to get worse, of course. Right now, but it's like it I feel better. like we're knee deep in a lot of. I mean, like it's always stunk in Midtown. Sure. But man, that shit smell, man. That human shit smell. Yeah. No, I. Like I said, I live in East Harlem, and my walk, my block's actually pretty nice. It's like you know, new luxury high-rise buildings. Essentially, you're a gentrifier. And there's a yeah, I am actually, which is <laughs> kind of weird because I'm racially similar to the demographic in East Harlem. Like my wife and I are both Latino, but like we're you know, yeah, like I have a JD, my wife's got a master's. So yeah, we both do well. And for some reason, I just feel like that right there should be hope for everyone. Sure. Like, look, this is the way it really is. Yeah. Stop. Stop kneeling during the Star Spangled Banner. Jesus. Stop with the shoes. It's crazy. It's, you know, it really actually is disappointing. We're selling an entire generation of, of kids the idea that the system's rigged. Thank you for listening, watching, whatever it is you happen to be doing to New York City Crime Report.